Blog Talk Radio. No weapons of mass destruction were found. Are you kidding me? Do you buy that? There Not, were, there were, there were. Nin, 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 nin. I was five and he was six. We rode on horses made of sticks. He wore black and I wore white. Come on, let us shoot. Blair. Hey, uh, I need to get the rats, the brass to drop rats. I got a wounded girl. We need to take the rest of mine. Oh, it's their fault for bringing their kids to a battle. That's right. The main reason we went into Iraq at the time was we thought he had weapons of mass destruction. It turns out he didn't, but he had the capacity to make weapons of mass destruction. But I also talked about the human suffering in Iraq. Hello, boys and girls. I have a special message for you from the President of the United States. I salute the boys and girls who are buying United States savings stamps and bonds, and they're giving important support to the cause of freedom and the men who fight for us in Vietnam. Congress gave us this authority in August 1964 to do whatever may be necessary. That's pretty far-reaching. That's the sky's the limit. As an American citizen, you have to respect our president, whether I like it or not. It's really my, not my decision, but I do respect my president, and I will support whatever decision he makes. Music played and people sang. Just for me, the church bells rang. It is a hard fact that U.S. strikes have resulted in civilian casualties. don't know why until this day sometimes I cry he didn't even say goodbye he didn't take the time to lie the United States knows that Iraq has weapons of mass destruction one of the first things they told me was you're not even to acknowledge the drone program you're not even to discuss that it exists renewed hostile actions against United States ships on the high seas in the Gulf of Tonkin have today required me to order the military forces of the United States to take action in reply. That reply is crashing through the lies and disinformation. This is our land. These are our people. The workers. The strivers. The builders. These are our people. Who are they? They are the dark armies. The dark murdering armies whose only honor. 1876. Tonight, your kids will sleep with your rifle. They will give your rifle a girl's name. Because this is the only pussy you people are going to get. Your days of finger-banging old Mary Jane Rottencrotch through her pretty pink panties are over. You're married to this piece, this weapon of iron and wood. And you will be faithful. I'll call you, Private. Sir, fight for no! 
five foot nine. I didn't know they stacked shit that high. You trying to squeeze an inch in on me somewhere, huh? Sir, no, sir! Bullshit, it looks to me like the best part of you ran down to crack your mama's ass and ended up as a brown stain on the mattress. I think you've been cheated. Where in hell are you from anyway, Private? Sir, Texas, sir! Holy dog shit! Texas only steers and queers come from Texas, Private Cowboy. And you don't much look like a steer to me, so that kind of narrows it down. Do you suck nicks? Sir, no, sir! Are you a Peter Pepper? Sir, no, sir! I bet you're the kind of guy that would fuck a person in the ass and not even have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. I'll be watching you.
everybody, Joseph Gibson Podcasting here, understanding the times in which you live today. All right, we're going to continue on with last night's podcast, the uh, part two here. Part two of, uh, you know, <clears throat> the so-called hate in America, but really it's the backbone of America. We are the people that are keeping this thing alive because without our population of people, I'll tell you what, America's going to go to hell in a handbasket overnight. We are the last of the Mohegans. We are the ones that want to stand up and stand up for what is right and stand up for what is strong, stand up for our heritage, stand up for what America was born to be, what it was made to be, what it is supposed to reflect around the world. And yet today we are at another crossroads again in a time of our history. We have the Biden criminal, crony, weirdos, controlling our, I guess you could say, government, not my government, but the government, uh, that's supposed to be there representing us, we the people. Because if you look at many of the other people out there, they don't, they don't consider themselves American. They can't stand America. You go to any inner city, you go to any street corner where a pack of wolves are hanging out on a corner slinging their crack and their dope or wherever they are, whatever the hell they're doing, dancing and bebopping, they don't care about America. They can care less. The only time they care about America is when that food standing card gets loaded. Okay? And that's a fact. That's a fact. And if that offends anybody, I am very sorry. Well, no, you know what? No, I'm not. So uh, let's, let's get into my uh, uh, second part here, and uh, we'll do that, and then we'll take phone calls, okay? And this should be very interesting. Pay attention to these documentaries. I mean, they're uh, very informative. And, yeah, you know, many people m- m- have not seen or heard these. Let's get, uh, carry on here and uh, get it going. So, well, a couple of them may be a little bit long, so I'll check the call boards and see if anybody uh, wants to press 1 and get in there, uh, you know, partly throughout periodically, because I don't like to make people wait too long. So understanding the times in which we live today. Failed miserably. Out with the conservatives and in with the radicals. Out with plans for compromise and in with plans for the sword. In 1983, the far right declared war on America, and this is the story of what happened. Until this point in 1983, the fight more acted as vigilante actors on behalf of the state rather than people trying to oppose it. The Klan in Coastal Texas, the neo-Nazis in Greensboro, and the long history of vigilante action, lynching, were all sort of done as an idea of enforcing the law or enforcing the rules of the state. Sometimes they found themselves at odds with the state. The Klan, for example, uh, in the South during the Civil Rights Movement were trying to stop the enforcement of America's laws. But by and large, even when they had disagreements, there was not an idea that they needed to overthrow the federal government. That was until a meeting which occurred in the summer of 1983. The new right was coming to power. In America, Ronald Reagan was president now and was starting to round out his first term. The new right had sort of come to power on this wave of anti-statism. Government is the problem not the solution. But now the mainstream right betrayed that by becoming the establishment. They were in power now. They were the government. And yet the white ethno state wasn't being made. What's up with that? 
So some people, like Klan leader Louis Beam, came to the conclusion that there was no way, peacefully anyway, for their political goals to come to fruition. It is pure fantasy to imagine the Klan as a broad-based political movement that will obtain the numbers requisite to effect peaceful political change. And to discuss this new direction, this revolutionary change within the white power movement, we will have to go to a very important meeting which occurred in rural Idaho in 1983. This event was called the Aryan Nations World Congress. It's not the first one. It wasn't the last one, but this one was very pivotal. The Aryan Nations World Congress was something between a far-right racist political rally, a hardcore evangelical church service, and a camping trip. People played volleyball, people set up tents, young men and young women met each other. There were speeches from white supremacists from around the globe, and in one inconspicuous house, there was a heavily guarded, heavily secret meeting. So much so that the details of the meeting don't really come through. Nobody who has been in the meeting itself has uh, you know, been arrested, or if they have been, they haven't uh, spilled their guts over what happened. But reportedly, this was the meeting in which leaders from neo-Nazis, the Ku Klux Klan, and various far-right militias around the country decided to talk about revolution, specifically revolution against the American federal government, which they've now defined as the Zionist occupational government, which you'll probably often hear in far-right internet spaces by the acronym ZOG. And in this moment, they decided that their plan was to overthrow the American federal government, or at least wait for it to collapse in nuclear fire. In the meantime, they were there to destabilize and put together an army that would set up the white supremacist government that they had been hoping for all these years. They wanted to incite a race war by undermining the American currency, destroying or sabotaging public infrastructure, assassinating federal agents or federal judges, or, if it was possible, trying to secede a section of the country to create a white ethnostate. Before we go into that, I'm just going to quickly talk about this video sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare is a learning community where millions come together to better themselves, to learn new skills, and you know, move into new career spaces. A lot of us are stuck inside with not a whole lot to do, so this is a great way to sate your boredom, but also improve yourself. Common topics include illustration, design, photography, and with the yearly subscription, it costs less than $10 a month, which is, you know, a fairly fair price, especially because this year they've been on a kick of trying to release a whole lot more original classes, and some of them are really, really good. For example, one of the favorite courses I took was on visual storytelling by Sean Dykink. I have been a YouTuber for years, and editing has always been a thing I kind of learned autodidactically, but this course taught me more about how to think like a video editor than any of the video editing classes I've taken in the past. And the first thousand people who use the link in the description can get a free trial of Skillshare Premium Membership. So thank you to Skillshare for one, asking no questions about what topic my videos are going to be about, and two, for making a video like this, which will probably most definitely be demonetized possible, of women involved. The organization was highly patriarchal, and women were most definitely made subservient in these things, but 
they did have a practical role. They did manage many households, but also covered for their male counterparts with the law. They took care of children. They maintained their safe houses. And it's, it's a really big part of the story that I think I'm going to have to make its own video. It'll be an interesting experiment because if there's one thing that Step Back viewers seem to love, it's videos about white supremacists. But if there's one thing that Step Back viewers don't seem to like to watch, it's videos featuring women. So uh, see how those two combine. Oh, boy. But how do you organize a leaderless resistance? How do you figure out when to attack? What are the orders? How do you do things? And the way that it would work is that they would have similar ideas. They would read the same books. They would read the same pamphlets. They would know all of the same techniques. So if they were all on the same page when it came to what they believed in and how they did things, then when the right conditions came up, they would act in a similar manner. So then cell A doesn't have to coordinate with cell B. Cell A just needs to publish widely you know, freedom of speech, literature about, you know, different ideas and white nationalism and racist organization and uh, how to commit guerrilla war, and they would just need to read it so that everybody would be, you know, up to date and sort of the general zeitgeist would, uh, would just work out for them. Instead of communicating directly, they would find, like, less direct ways to have ideas spread between each other. You know, online message boards and the very, very early Internet – there would be you know, common uh, attendance at conferences or at political speeches, uh, personal relationships, or common pieces of culture in the zeitgeist that would express political ideas and how-to manuals for techniques on how to commit this guerrilla war they're into. And one of the most influential of these works that would inform and teach members of the militia movement is a book called The Turner Diaries. So what is The Turner Diaries? The idea of the book is that it is a diary from a fictional future about how the revolution occurred that created the white utopia that they're all living in now. So the events that are outlined in the book are a white supremacist's idea of how to commit this kind of warfare and what they'll do when they take power. And what they do when they take power involves a lot of using nuclear weapons on people of color, ethnic cleansing, mass hangings of people who are in interracial relationships, and of course, genocide of the Jewish people. If you want to go more in-depth about what this book was about and sort of things within it, I would really highly recommend the video by Thought Slime on the subject. I'll uh, put a link in the description uh, down there and somewhere around here because he did a really good job and I really don't want to step on any of his toes. What I'm going to do is expand on the stuff that he talked about because while he did a really great analysis of it, there's one thing that he kind of went into but didn't go super far into, which is that the Turner Diaries while being a novel and kind of a shitty novel, it's not that interesting or compelling of a story, what it is is a wrapped-in fiction how-to manual for committing guerrilla war against the state, or at least what the author thought. All right. And spreading our names...
probably be arrested for it, right? Yeah, well, in sure. Canada, yeah. hurting people's feelings is basically illegal. I mean, it's not really criminal, but uh, you unless, unless, get like, unless they're white males. So when did you get into, as you said, the racial stuff? When uh, the Trayvon Martin case happened, you know, Michael Brown and, and Tamir Rice and all these different things happened, every single case, it's some little black asshole behaving like a savage, and he gets himself in trouble, shockingly enough. Whatever, whatever, whatever problems I might have uh, with uh, my fellow white people, uh, they, they generally are not inclined to such behavior, and, you know, you got to kind of take that into consideration when you're, when you're thinking about how to organize your society. Oklahoma City. Okay, so exactly. You have to go back to Oklahoma City to talk about a white act of terrorism. Roger, right. Dylan Roof. Okay, so so now you've managed to name three people, and I'm pretty sure Elliot Roger wasn't explicitly white, by the way. But the thing is, you remember the names of white bombers and mass shooters, okay? Yeah. Can you tell me the name of all 19 hijackers on 9-11 on the top of your head? You can remember Dylan Rose's name. You yeah. can remember that there white thing. people were capable of violence. I didn't say capable. Of course we're capable. I'm carrying a pistol. I go to the gym all the time. I'm trying to make myself more capable of violence. I'm I'm here to spread ideas, talk, in the hopes that somebody more capable uh, will, will come along and do that. Somebody like Donald Trump, who does not give his daughter to a Jew. <laughs> so Donald Trump, but like, more racist. A lot more racist than Donald Trump. I don't think that you could feel about race the way I do and watch that Kushner bastard walk around with that beautiful girl, okay? Can you talk a little bit about the right adopting the politics or the political style of the left? We don't have the camaraderie, we don't have the trust level that our rivals do. And that camaraderie and trust is built up through activism, and that's one of the tactics that we're adopting.
a foundational problem with our society, and whatever you think of my opinions, that's going to be something that puts you in danger. Yeah, and that is because this city is run by Jewish communists and criminal measures. That's exactly what it is. Sir, you're the true, true nonviolent person. I'm not even saying we're nonviolent. I'm saying that we're
organizations that really are the vanguard of nationalist organizing in the world. To be able to coordinate over a large area to bring our people together. This is the largest nationalist rally in over two decades here in the United States. It's incredibly exciting. If you look at what's happened, they've had to bring in leftists from around the entire country to try and stop it. And now we're continuing. We're going to keep having a great time. We're going to keep fighting. I came pretty well prepared for this thing today. Caltech P380AT, 380 ACP, Glock 19, 9mm, 
Ruger LC9, also 9mm. And, uh, oh, and it has a knife. Well, I actually have another AK in that bag over there. Um, you get lose track of your fucking guns, huh? I'd say it was worth it. We knew that we were going to meet a lot of resistance. Uh, the fact that nobody on our side died, I, I'd go ahead and call that uh, points for us. The fact that none of our people killed anybody unjustly, I think, is a plus for us. Um, and I think that we showed, uh, we showed our rivals that we won't be cowed. That the car that struck a protester, that's un unprovoked. That's not true, and you know that it's not true. You've seen the video. So. I've seen a video. I, yeah. I don't know much about it. Oh, I, I, no, I understand. Describe what the video well, appears to show. Okay. So the video appears to show someone striking that vehicle. When these animals attacked him again, and he saw no way to get away from them except to hit the gas. Uh, and sadly, because our rivals are a bunch of stupid animals who don't pay attention, uh, they couldn't just get out of the way of his car, and some and some people got hurt, and that's unfortunate. Do you think it was justified? I think it was more than justified. I, I, I can't believe the amount of restraint that our people showed out there, I think, was astounding. What do you think this means for the next alt-right protest? I say it's going to be really tough to top, but we're up to the challenge. Wait, why? Why? Tough to top? I mean, someone died. I think that a lot more people are going to die before we're done here, frankly. Why? Why? Because people die every day, right? I mean, do you... Like a heart attack, I mean, violent death. Well, people die violent deaths all the time, right? Like, this is part of the reason that we want an ethno state, right? So, like, the, the blacks are killing each other in staggering numbers from coast to coast. We don't really want to have a part of that anymore. And so, the fact that they resist us when we say, hey, we want a homeland, is not shocking to me, all right? These, these people want violence, and the right is just meeting market demands. All right, everybody, Joseph Kissing Podcast here, understanding the times in which we live today. So if you uh, did not catch the entire uh, beginning of the show here tonight, so uh, we started off here, ended with that, but we started off on a you know different note also. So you have to really listen to the entire podcast to get the logistics in last night to understand exactly what we're talking about here. Um, so let me check the call boards here. Anybody wants to comment or talk? I like it. Hopefully you heard the whole show or listened a little bit last night, so you understand what we're talking about. Uh, but uh, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Again, we started off with the meeting in 1983. Okay, uh, I don't know if there's anybody on the call tonight who remembers that or who was there. I wasn't there, but I did meet. I've have, have met people that were there, uh, and then they talked about the people that were off in a private home uh, area that were, those were the individuals that had the idea of, look, you know, this idea that the uh, Klan is going to take over the United States and, uh, you know, the numbers aren't there, you know, they never will be. And the fact that, uh, and no, they did not declare war. That's wrong what the gentleman said. And that, that's obviously a Jewish conspiracy documentary where there's nobody there at the, I, I've met people that were in that, were in that uh, area there. And uh, they, a lot of times they really don't talk too much about it. Uh, I'm not going to say exactly what I was told either. But the, the thing of it is, is nobody was there to overthrow the government, okay? Nobody was there to topple the American government. Uh, 
and uh, that was not the plan for anybody. That's what I was told. You got to remember, you're going back to 1983, and like I said, I was just a young boy at that time, so I was not uh, there at that meeting. So, uh, but I'm just saying, I've met people that were. So, um, but um, <clears throat> again, there's nothing here that's to overthrow the United States government. That's not what we're advocating here on this podcast show either. We're not advocating overthrowing the United States criminal government. I mean, I believe that Washington, D.C. is filled with criminals. I mean, who doesn't in America? And uh, I believe that the law, a lawful means, is necessary to restore our republic, I guess you could say. All right? And, uh, you know, that's just the way that way it is. I mean, we, we know there's criminals in D.C. We talk about it all the time. And they do not they do not represent us. They do not represent the views of the people. They just don't. And our government does not represent we the people anymore. It doesn't. It represents the interests of the banking cartels around the world and the Jewish banking cartels that control and own everything. They own what you see. They own what you hear. And they dictate what you see. And they dictate what you hear. Okay, and it won't be long before they censor and shut down this podcast and every other podcast out there that doesn't conform to their ideas and their way, which, listen to this, their way and their ideas is to get rid of you. And that's a fact. And it's in their own documents, United Nations documents. It's there. It is there, and it's there for your reading. And the information is out there for you, and they say, people say, well, why would they put that information out there for you to see? Because they have a secret cult, a bloodthirsty cult that's evil, a satanic whatever you want to call it, that they have to let you know before they do it. And if you're too stupid not to change and not to come together as a people and fight back against evil and murder and tyranny, then that's your own fault. It's like they say, the lemmings go over the cliff. You know, I mean, and that's what we are, a bunch of lemmings. We've discussed this so many times on this podcast show. So, let's check the call board see if anybody wants to press 1, uh, 657-383-0616. Press number 1, you'll be on the show here live. Understand the time. All right, we'll go 509. Go ahead there, 509. Hey, Joe, it's Eddie. How are you doing? All right, man, what's up? Yeah, not much. I was just listening, and uh, I heard a lot of Christopher Cantwell there. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, that documentary that you played, is that uh, Vice? No, it's not, actually. The, uh, let me see here. Um, that was, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, no, it wasn't all Vice, but there were portions in there from Vice, actually. Okay. So, yeah, so H- HBO, yeah. Uh, the HBO right. uh, Vice News, yeah. There were some clips in there from it, but no, the uh, first mm-hmm. one that I uh, – there was like three different ones in there, but I can get it to you if you want, but the uh, other – Oh, no, other, I've seen other documents in there. Yeah. But anyway, I, what's up? What's in your thing. mind? <laughs> yeah, it, well, yeah it's a twisted you. spin on it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, first things first. I mean, there, there's a lot wrong – uh, with that documentary, but there's also a lot that's correct. Uh, first of all, you know, you were talking about the uh, the Aryan Nations World Congress in 1983. I actually uh, know people uh, that participated in that to this day, 
And uh, I'm not going to talk about, you know, anything in relay. to that. I'm just going to put that out there that I do know a few individuals that were there uh, during the days of uh, Pastor Richard Butler in Hayden Lake, Idaho. Uh, I've actually gone uh, to Hayden Lake, Idaho before quite a few times, actually. I know a lot of people out there. Um, and, and I think what the uh, the government did uh, after Butler died by tearing down the uh, the Aryan Nations compound, uh, they they really shot themselves in the foot with that because it, it made it so much harder for the federal government to track these people and identify these people instead of just waiting and camping out and taking pictures of every fucking face they saw coming to this place. Uh, so they actually caused themselves more grief uh, than they did with solutions and anything. But that, that's here and there. True. Good point. Yeah. And Charlottesville, you know, that that's a that's an interesting thing in itself because it's like, you know, the people that were there for that, they had a legal right to be there. Um, and, and again, you had opposition showed up uh, that doesn't care about your rights, my rights, the average person's rights. They, they do not care. If they disagree with you, they will get violent. They will have it declared an unlawful assembly because there's a riot. They will order you to disperse. If you don't, you will be arrested. This is the tactics that they get away with. And, and for, the, for me, I just don't understand how – that law enforcement did not step in along with the National Guard and say, look, you all want to be fucking retarded? Go be retarded over there. We don't support these guys. We're not with these guys, but they have a legal, lawful right to be here. I don't like it any more than you. But this yeah. is the way it's going to be. You cross this, this Curtis line, and we're going to throw your ass down, and we're going to zip tie you, and we're going to take you to the fucking county jail. Period. That's End right. of story. That's right. They're the ones that want to overthrow the government. Those those are the ones, like you just said, not the ones that had the permit to be there, not the ones that follow uh-huh. all the laws and the procedures to speak and have a rally. No, it's the other right. Antifa scumbags and the other ones. Those are the ones that want to overthrow the government. They're the ones that they are uh, criminals, you know, not the, not the white guys that were there and white women that were there that were doing it lawfully, legally, you right. know, and, and that's the thing. It is. Now, now for, you know, the people, you know, that got hit by that gentleman with his car, well, you know, I, I hate to sound like a smartass and an insensitive prick here, but, you know, again, might I point out the obvious? This is what happens when man versus car and the person who you're <laughs> attempting to assault is behind the wheel of set car. You know, it's just yeah. common sense at that point. Well, well, tell me something, Eddie. I'm not going to put you in that position. I wouldn't put it to anybody to answer the question. I mean, it's up totally up to you. But mm-hmm. look, what would you, so I'm going to put it out there to the audience. What would you do? Sure. You're stuck in, a, in an alleyway or in a road someplace, and it's happened so many times across America. And these people surround your car, and they're breaking your windshield, trying to pull your wife out to rape her or right. kill your children. They're trying to attack. What do you do in that situation? What do you do? You step up and you be a human being, number one, and you protect yourself by any means necessary. You have to. You have to. You're, you're, you're facing death. I mean, they're, gonna, they're, they're savages. They're trying to kill you. You know, what do you right. do? <laughs> well, the, I mean, the answer on. to that is simple. Uh, 
I, I think anybody with common sense and a brain in, on their shoulders would say you, you hit the gas and look back later. Uh, because, you know, if, if this guy had stayed in, in that position any longer and did absolutely nothing, what they would have done is they would have busted out his windshields, they would have pulled him out, they would have beat him to death, or they would have stabbed him. Nobody would have got yeah. indicted. Nobody would have got arrested because it's a hodgepodge of everybody, and it's hard to make out uh, uh, descriptions. It's hard to get faces. Uh, so, you know, you'll be waiting for justice that never comes. Uh, so at that point, That's you right. put and the fucking happened. pedal to the metal yeah. in your floor. Now, it has happened in, in California, in L.A., uh, back in the 1980s, there was uh, a tr- truckers that were pulled out of their rigs and beaten to death and their truckloads unloaded and stolen. This has yep. happened repeatedly. Yep. Yeah. And and but see Eddie, they don't talk about that on the media like you how you just uh, mm-hmm. said it. What they do is they spin it. Uh, uh, Neo Nazi racist ran over innocent right. people. You know, come on, man. You know, and, right. and, and that's how the juries are instructed too when they go have to go give a verdict. You know, they're, right. see, that's no. very key that people don't understand during a criminal trial. The jury is instructed to uh, rule a certain way. You know, and right. that's not fair. It's not right. Now, that's not justice. Now, here's something that I want to point out um, that I think is an interesting question, and, and I'm actually surprised nobody else has been asking this. If the people who had a lawful permit uh, to be in Charlottesville and to have their protest are facing criminal indictments and lawsuits, why aren't the opposition that showed up that caused violence, destruction, and assaults also facing similar criminal indictments and lawsuits, and I'll tell you why. Because it's Jews. They're the ones spearheading this because the way they look at it is if they can bankrupt these pro-white groups, they'll bankrupt them out of function. And they'll disappear, and they'll be discouraged, and nobody else will want to pick up the mantle. But that's what I'd be asking. Why aren't these assholes on trial, too? That's a, that's a good, you know what, and that's it, that, absolutely, and it's been long enough already, we're we going to start asking those questions, like the, the Kennedy assassination 35, 40 <laughs> years later, and then, and then get right. the truth, you know, and then get the truth of, of, of who, de- who done what, because we know you're absolutely right, the Jewish conspiracy out there, who that owns uh, Charlottesville, like one uh, narrator put it out there, you know, they're the ones that are behind this, that, that are, right. are doing it for a reason, you know. And, and now, it's, there's it's something else. Something else that's also interesting is you've heard zero media coverage in Reliance to Charlottesville um, about the black man uh, who had a makeshift flamethrower that he was attempting to use on people. You don't hear anything about that, but God fucking forbid if it's a white man with a homemade flamethrower, oh, shit, look out. Yeah. Well, if it's a white man with a swastika on his arm, you know, uh, you know, right. they, they, you hear it. It's just, it's, it's anything to demonize the white, white man out there. It's just, it's, and it's got to stop. It's got to stop because look, well, talking about numbers, the the white white mm-hmm. community around the world is shrinking. It's shrinking, mm-hmm. and and you know, look. You know, look, I can't – I'm not talking about controlling breeding levels and everything like that. You know, look, the point of being is that everybody has a right 
to to be proud of their history and to and to grow their their people. You know, no, right. there's nothing wrong. It's a natural. It's a natural. Well, I don't know. Nowadays, it's so uh, unnatural, I guess, because we're taught that. And but but it, but if you if you if you're not fed this Jewish propaganda out there with the mm-hmm. entertainment and the filth that they spread, it's a natural way to to uh, just you know within your family to grow your family. It's common sense, sure. actually. You know. I mean, come on. It is. Man. It I got is. a couple of callers that want to jump in here too. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Get to them. I, I was just going to say, right. um, you know, it, it's it's ridiculous that you know a 13. percent uh, of the population, because that's what they are. Black the black community makes up 13.27 percent, according uh, to the FBI. It's it's a false uh, narrative to say that they're only 13 percent. So they're 13.27 according to the FBI. But that 13% commits 57% of the most violent crime humanly imaginable. And and, and, and is it really that far-fetched for people to ask themselves, well, you know what? I don't have these problems in my neighborhood until the blacks move in. You know, imagine that. It's not racist to, to say, hey, this is actually what happens. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm I myself landscaping and whatnot. I look. I even landscape in in uh, black neighborhoods. I'll tell you that right now. And uh, you know, I I mean, look. When I'm in a black neighborhood, I mean, I, look. It's just the truth. I have to watch my equipment. I have to watch right. everything. Watch my truck. You know. And and it's, I'm not being paranoid or being racist by saying that. It's a fact. Right. You know. It's just. I'm unfortunately that's the way it is. Well, and it instead is. of uh, attacking me for saying that, how about asking why is this happening why why right. why would that happen you know let's analyze that right. problem you know but uh but sure. you won't get those questions uh private caller i got two of them right now two private callers go ahead hey joe how you doing this is david Cortez. Oh, uh just listening to your show uh yeah uh you know uh hospitalic folks know that you don't have to be racist to know that the Jews do run the world, you know, and uh, yeah. we all know that, and everybody knows that. It's just that they're scared to admit it, you know? Well, hey, private caller, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. And And if you don't mind, hopefully you can answer this. I want to know how you feel on the last COVID bill during the Trump administration, right, where five – Hundred million taxpayer dollars that could have been used to help families pay off, I don't know, their back rent uh, for their economy shutting down and losing their jobs. I want to know, how do you feel about $500 million of taxpayer money in a COVID relief bill being sent to Israel's missile defense program? How do you feel about that? I don't like that. I mean, we should be given our hard-earned cash over there you know i mean they have the like the money they have the resources i don't know why uh we have to like provide them that's wrong bail them out basically yeah protect them yeah 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 so you're pissed off about it basically yeah 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 because they have the money you know like uh like there's times that i see on the commercials i don't know if you ever see the I, uh, that one about uh, Christians like helping 
the uh, Jews. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly and I'm like, about. do Jews have money? I don't know why they're not helping. <laughs> they're the, uh, the good old <laughs> fellowship, as they call it. It's the, it's the yeah, fellowship yeah, the, of I, Christian I, I Jews. Yeah, I those other commercials. <laughs> They're, they're, the old yeah, Jewish yeah. women are starving in a closet someplace, oh. rocking in a rocking chair, broke, you know. <laughs> like, where yeah, yeah, having, yeah. <laughs> having to choose if they're going to pay their, their rent or, you know, buy firewood <laughs> to stay warm. And, and I just, for the love of me, can't fathom that because, you know, there's this thing called the Holocaust Fund. And since these Jews oh that you God. see in these commercials for it are obviously 80-some to 90-some years old, and they're in Europe. That makes them by de facto Holocaust survivors, and they're supposed to be getting a guaranteed check every month. So where's it going? I can't wait to see like 30 wow. years from now how they play this off. They'll probably have some 192-year-old Jewish man. You know, they're, they're still alive. There's still a few Holocaust survivors still alive. Oh, okay. oh my lord! Let me get another part of the Oh, go ahead. Hang on. Yeah, I got a caller. Uh, I got another one I'm connecting right now. Go ahead. Next private caller. I'll leave you on the line, though. Go ahead. Next private caller. Go ahead. Okay. Hey, Joe, you remember when I told you a little while ago about that term Michael Anton uh, coined called Celebration Parallax? No, I don't remember that, but go well, ahead. I'll Tell go me anything again, again anyway. Minute, but it was a perfect example of it last night on Tucker Carlson's show. He was citing United States census figures that show a decline in the white population of about 5 million people. And he was saying that in order to, when anybody notes this and then is asked to account because it's the first time there's been a decline in the white population since it started keeping census records. And he was noting that anyone who even notices it or comments on it is accused of propagating a white supremacist fantasy. And then he went on to show these commentators on CNN, and this is what got me. You had, uh, they were on Don Lamont's show, two of the worst race-baiting liberals I've ever seen. One of them was a black man. The other was a plump Hispanic woman. They're both hideous. I mean, both of them. And they were celebrating the fact (laughs) that there are fewer white people. They were saying it was a good thing. They were talking about Steve Bannon's office was now occupied by Susan Rice because she's one of us. And on and on. And then he showed other clips of these same people. Literally one of the best examples of celebration parallax I've ever seen, along with hey, the Time Magazine article about the stolen election. Hey, it was amazing. You, you Sarge, said the uh, news. You. you said that the, the news said if you if you talk about the decline of the white race, that makes you perpetuating white supremacy. That's what so the was. Okay, so that's Tucker Carlson's point. So my question, well, I should say my rebuttal to that would be, well, what about the Jews, uh, particularly in New York and Washington, D.C., that are actually talking about it and celebrating it? Does that not, by definition, make them perpetuators of Jewish supremacy? Yeah, that, I mean, uh, I'm just, the, I'm just curious. Do that are doing exactly that, and, and look, it's not just Jews, 
It's other white people who oh, are celebrating it as a good thing. And he noted, Tuck Carlson went on and noticed, part of the reason for the decline is the deaths of white people. He cited right. the Oxycontin plague in which right. at least 400,000 white people have been dead due to the Oxycontin coming across the border because of the uh, drug smuggling cartels south of the border, the unsecured border, and the fact that the Chinese make the, to a great extent, make the precursor chemicals that go into making the Oxycodone. And I see before, like I said, they would say this is just an unrealized, uncorroborated white supremacist fantasy. But now that you can actually show up with concrete numbers, they are now saying it's a good thing it's happening because the United States need to be more. Look, I'm telling you right now, there is nothing worse than a civil war. They are the most brutal and ugly of all of them. And there's, and I, there's nothing worse in civil wars than racial civil wars. These people do not know what they're doing when they're saying it. It's like they're baiting a bear. What's wrong with these people? Well, you know, I I would have to ask is, you know, how how much sense – now, just just bear with me, guys, and and fellow listeners and callers, just bear with me here. How much sense does it make to want a civil war with the very race, right, that that has ever been faced with any type of war – that has obliterated the opposition. I mean, I mean, just just from a theological uh, standpoint, you know, metaphorically, what sense does it make to want a civil war with white people when you know, statistically the only thing proven? I can think of that makes any sense whatsoever. Well, they hang on a second. Somehow that it's not hang going on, to affect hang on, them Sarge, 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 hang on, others, hang on. and they will benefit. Sorry, hang on. He's trying to he, hang on. He wasn't done. He was trying to make a point. He want, I think uh, he, he's trying to make the, two points the point here I'm making, and then ask you. Well, right, because the the point I'm making is it's safe to assume, according to death rates in the black community, particularly in Chicago, blacks, particularly black males, do not know how to aim. At a fucking target. They can have a 15-round magazine and hit everything and anybody but the intended target. Uh, well, thank God for small favors. But look, uh, yeah, but, but look, I think these people think they are going to benefit from it somehow. The ensuing chaos will benefit them, and they will be minimally or unaffected by it at all. I don't, I, I don't understand that kind of reasoning. But nothing else comes to mind for these people. They want power. They want total power. And they're willing to do anything they need to do to get it. These are the worst people I've ever seen in my life. Well, we'll see the logic of that come the first of every month when white people are gone and there's no more EBT and welfare and subsidized housing. <laughs> well, we'll see how yeah. that works in full effect because in Africa, they've yet – And this is a fact. Africa has existed for over 200,000 years, and they have yet to figure out basic plumbing. (laughs) Well, well, actually, I have names. Is that true, Sarge? I don't know about that. Uh, You're a history guy. Well, I mean, they they figured it out in some places, but they certainly didn't invent it. Uh, yeah, they, 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 they can at least implement it in certain places, but no, what they, they, they don't have. Have. I don't think they've done much to advance uh, the technology either. 
Oh, hell, but no. Africa <laughs> is a enriched is enriched with resources, isn't it? I mean, doesn't it have it like is. the most resources? Resource rich uh, locales on the planet, and they're too stupid well, to figure out how to farm it. <laughs> that, yeah, that's my point. They're there? too stupid. They're too stupid well, to figure it out. The soil. Yeah, but you've had the white school over there also, though, throughout the years and years. And, and figured it out. You know? Uh, I don't know. I don't get it. I, know, I just don't get it. I don't understand. But I think there's a bigger – I think in a way, though, and I'm going to play devil's advocate here, I think there's a bigger mm-hmm. conspiracy here to keep the, keep the continent itself because it's so enriched with uh, minerals and whatnot to keep it suppressed down so this way the elites can take it. You know, when, when they, oh, when the they, Chinese because, you know, kind of figuring that right? out right now, and uh, they're taking full mm-hmm. advantage of it. Yeah, well, well I'm just saying that. that the elites they're, take they're it, you know, full because they, of. yeah, 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 because they, cause they know they can't take it from us over here right now, because, you know, we're here. They're going to eliminate us, though, by fighting with each other and trying to kill each other off, uh, uh, you know? Don't forget, I mean, <laughs> don't forget now, there's a couple, look, the, 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 the great reset they're setting up, they're going to require things like electric batteries for electric cars. And so the, minerals, good luck with that. the minerals to make yeah, them no. are in China, to a lesser extent yeah. in Africa. But between those two true, guys? Africa and China is where you're going to have to go to get the stuff to make them. And they're, they're, they're intending upon a 50% reduction in internal combustion engine vehicles by that time. They, well, they, they Sarge is right. They're taking their ducks in a row. Yeah. Sarge is well, right. Though, I mean, real quick. Go, go ahead, Eddie. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was answering your question about, uh, you know, China being the uh, the biggest uh, producer and distributor and manufacturer of, uh, of this stuff. He's actually right. Um, COVID-19 actually helped the Chinese communist government and China as a whole more so than most people realize. I mean, China was already an economic powerhouse uh, before COVID, but now uh, they're the leading manufacturer in the world. They They control industry. Where we have outsourced our industries to foreign countries, such as, you know, when you go to the store, almost everything you buy says made in Taiwan, made in Indonesia, made in Mexico, or made in China. It's very rarely do you find anything that says made in America, and that's because we've exported our our, uh, industry to other countries to help develop them without – uh, understanding that uh, that boomerang effect that this shit was going to come back to bite us in the ass. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, within the number two GDP in the world, they may right. surpass us very soon. And they're acting well, like they're hey, third world the country. They're, they're getting the kind of benefits that third world countries get with regard to trade. And then the yep. number two economy in the world. It's got to be the biggest con job in the history of economic trades ever. Yep. Uh, the other private caller, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you there. Are you still there? Are you Anything else you want to say? I, I didn't mean to talk over you there. Um, another private oh, no, caller no, no, on the line no. there. It, 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 oh, no, it, it's okay. Okay. All right. I didn't know. I didn't know. We didn't want to cut you out of the conversation. Well, I'll tell you what, unless you guys got anything else you want to add here real quick, I got another part to this, uh, another section uh, that's totally different there that I want to play here, uh, uh, you know, talking points, generate some talking points, but I want to go into the history of this a little bit, uh, you know, about eight minutes here. 
And then uh, we've got still plenty of show here left. Uh, call board, I've got a, uh, not too many callers tonight. What's going on? Saturday night, huh? Nobody wants to talk about the problems facing America today, huh? Everybody wants to go out and uh, what are they, what are they, what's the sports playing right now? Basketball's over with, right? What are they, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. You know, sports is a big thing, you know, we've got to compete with as podcasters, you know, because all the, all the you know, well, that's the thing. Monday Night Football, nobody wants to do anything. They want to watch Monday Night Pre-season Football, Preseason you know? NFL just got started, in case you didn't know. Well... Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Well, well Joe, let's we get this one going. <laughs> What's you that know, here, here, here's my point, right? If the, the left and the progressives and the communists want to defeat white nationalism and white supremacy and neo-Nazis, I, I've given them the keys to the kingdom so many times. I, I can't even spell it out for them anymore. It's so obvious. Start teaching white history. Allow us to have white entertainment television. Stop with the Hollywood-mandated anti-white films. I mean, you can't even turn on a TV show without white people being referred to as crackers. Um, Now, imagine imagine if we had a TV show where we're talking about black people being referred to as the N-word. Holy shit. So if you want to defeat white supremacy, give us what we want. Give us the equal playing field. Problem solved. Well, I think you're right, Eddie. That's a key point. They want to get rid of neo-Nazis and and Klansmen and stuff like that. You're absolutely right. Give them a white-only music station. Give them a white – and declare it that, though. Declare it that. Say white TV, you know, or something. We just had a teacher right here in Atlanta, black teacher, segregate a classroom. She took the black students and the white students and put them in separate classrooms. And then when it was exposed by a black mother complaining about it, the Atlanta just issued, the Atlanta public school system just issued some kind of pro forma statement that, oh, we don't condone this or we don't support this, and didn't say a damn thing about the punishments they were going to give this teacher for violating the law. And the policy of the Atlanta public school system. <laughs> if she wants to segregate unreal. schools, if she wants to segregate schools, segregation school, now, hey. segregation tomorrow, segregation for who the hell said that once upon a time? These people are crazy. <laughs> I disagree with you, Sarge. <laughs> people from through the civil rights movement fought rig- segregation, and now in 2021 they want it back. It's different if she's a school teacher. I mean, you can do that in a private school. She's in the public school. They're governed I'm by just the laws of the United States and the laws of the state of Georgia. I'm just saying, black people fought the end segregation, and now in 2021 they want it back. Once we give it back, we don't want to hear any bitching. We oh, gave you, you what you want. That's when you're going to hear more than you've ever heard. <laughs> I guarantee you, when that happens, you'll hear more than you've ever heard. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're probably and then they'll blame it on white people. All right, let me give you a play this one here, but a little bit more. Let me get through this. We're going to have to carry it on to a third part there. Uh, like I said, not too many people here on tonight, so uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Racism and violence that we're seeing in the U.S. are certainly not new. 
It's a cancer in the fabric of this country. Part of this long legacy of people organizing over time. Appeal to a variety of actors. So 
within the white power movement is a broad social movement that includes a lot of different actors on the far right. The white power movement has invested tremendous energy in hiding the fact that it is a social movement because it allows these activists to perpetuate more violence. This whole movement was about becoming an enemy of the nation to unseat the federal government, create civil disturbance, and for many people it's imagined as a way to provoke race war. Basically to create a whites-only homeland where only whites would live and exist with each other. And that was the goals of the National Alliance. And the white power group came up with a new strategy to accomplish its goals. Done by people in small organization cells uh, who didn't make a big splash in the news all the time like some of the uh, Nazi groups, uh, the Klan groups. And everybody looked up to my dad. They revered him. They absolutely idolized him as their leader. Kelvin Pierce is in West Virginia, trying to find the old compound that today is still owned by his father's group. I guess I'm probably a little nervous. It's been almost 20 years since I've been there. I've only been there twice. Kelvin's father moved to this secretive compound after rising to white supremacist infamy with his novel, The Turner Diaries. It is sort of like the Bible of the whole movement. It truly is the most violent exercise of what it would take to create an all-white state, nation, and world. To start this, in effect, almost a, a race war and bring down the federal government and establish a new form of government. The FBI has labeled the Turner Diaries as a manual of hatred. They were direct reflections of fantasies that he had about actions that he wished he could carry out himself. So when he saw an interracial couple, that would engender rage in him. His rage would lead him to want to kill those people, to murder them. And that's what happens in these books. But the violent writing soon turned from William Pierce's fictional fantasies to real-life tragedy.
Oklahoma City. Now, the Oklahoma City bombing, uh, that, that's totally, again, they're putting their spin on it. This is not, that's not what Timothy McVeigh was uh, 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 trying to uh, initiate, okay? It's been uncovered. It's been a fact now. But this is the spin that they put on it right away, right off the bat, that, that he was this racist and he was trying to create a race war. And, and, and that's not what Timothy McVeigh was actually trying to do. I don't support it at all, what, anything that he was trying to do. Um, but he was set up by the uh, CIA and whatnot, and that is a falsehood that he was a part of anything that he was trying to start a race war. That's a complete lie. Okay, so I don't know what you guys, uh, your viewpoint is on that, or what you know about Timothy McVeigh, but he was, this was all mind control, CIA uh, crap that went on, and uh, you know, and you know, he, he he basically he was he was associated with some group in uh, Michigan, a uh, militia group. But if you remember correctly, the early 1990s, the militia was a big thing. It was a big, you know, there was a lot of. And this was the government's way of of tearing down that the militia, the militia, the militia. You know that where a lot of people right. were enjoyed. Uh, you know that they were joining militia groups and whatnot and doing this training across the country. Sure. And then you had Randy Weaver. Uh, what happened with Randy Weaver also? So the government. What, what you always say, Eddie, that, uh, that, to remind us of what they tell us: never let a good crisis go to waste. Right. That's right. And that's what they did that's with right. Rand, you know, and that's what they did. So uh, I don't know what your take is on Randy Weaver or, or whatnot, or or uh, well, I mean, here's, here's my Timothy McVeigh. Timothy McVeigh should serve as a prime example to everybody. If you disagree with his politics or you agree with him, but he should serve as a constant twenty-four-seven reminder engraved in your frontal lobe of what happens. Yep. When you get too big for your britches and you want to talk about a governmental change, because the one thing our government will never stand by and allow is is a change in government. I mean, I find it weird. We we support all these foreign countries like Libya when they overthrew their government, Um, Egypt. When they overthrew their government, almost every single country where there's been a civil revolution in, we have had a hand in it. But when it comes to civil revolution here, it's insurrection, it's illegal, it's unconstitutional, and you're a traitor. That's bullshit. That's right. That's right. That's right. I couldn't have said it better myself. That was probably you said that. And uh, that's exactly what these uh, is portrayed here. You say anything that goes against change in the United States government, you're a terror, especially if you're a white male. You know, uh-huh. I mean, if you're a, if you're a white male, forget about it. But it's but uh, I mean, so what they label you as a terrorist now? Look, they already labeled what militia groups as what uh, uh, Nazis now. So uh, yep. and uh, even though know, they're and, not. Uh, even yeah. though there's no evidence <laughs> at all to support that. I mean, there, there's a militia no. in, in Tennessee, and, and I can tell you this right now. They're called the Three Percenters. They're the Three Percenter Militia Group yep. in Tennessee, right? The SPLC has them listed as a hate group slash white supremacists, yet they've got black How is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell me, what exactly. is the not fucking around coalition? Who are they supposed to be? Terrorists. They can't even shoot a gun without hitting each other. Well, they shot him. Well, they, one of them shot themselves up there in, uh, what was that, Tennessee with Breonna Taylor protest. 
Remember and one of them shot themselves up there, I guess mishandling her weapon or something. But what are they well, supposed this is to how I see their members up here literally talking about killing everything white in sight. I saw the video where this guy was saying it at the, uh, at the, at the uh, occasion of the Tulsa Memorial in 1921. But this is, what, this is how stupid they are. Their own fucking leader is in prison for pointing a gun at a cop. Now he's lucky his ass didn't get shot full of fucking holes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Agreed. What, what idiot would point a gun at a cop? You got to be a complete a dumbass with a low you IQ. Know? And not yeah. only that, you know? I mean, you know, they they got up there and they made clear they were just they, I, they're far more violent in their professed words than uh, any so-called white supremacists I've seen publicly. Well, Sarge and yeah. Joe, with your permission, I'd like to mention this. Uh, two months ago, there was an individual in Florida named Otho Wallace, a black man. Shouldn't strike anybody peculiar. This guy, Otho Wallace, was uh, hunted down and arrested after the U.S. Marshals got involved, along with the FBI, because he shot and killed well, no, he didn't kill. He, he, let me correct myself. He severely injured this person. He's still in critical care. A 26-year-old white cop who did a traffic stop, a routine traffic stop, shot this man in the fucking head. His body cam got it, for Christ's no. sake. His body cam captured it, and he was yeah. a member of the NFAC. Yeah, I remember. Wow. I remember. Wow. You know, and, I, and, I, right. and, and nothing I remember, goes. That, I remember that incident. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, but you know what? I could barely remember it because you know what? It's not on the. It's not on the six o'clock news for the next six months. You know, after well, that. You know, well, you, nobody, got me, you know what I mean? That's why you got me because it stays in my front mind. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's just it's crazy, man. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Why? It is. You know, and I'm telling you what, this is pissing me off more and more. That that why are you know the, the white man or, the, or any type of group out there or any type of organization that's trying to benefit the civil rights of a, of the white whites out there? They're demonized uh-huh. constantly and constantly worse than they were back in the 1990s. You know, sure. that, that it's just terrible. It's 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 got to stop. Joe, man. we have you know? officials in the Department of Justice who have said publicly. Publicly and openly, civil rights laws were never intended for white people. Bingo. One of them is Kirsten Clark. Yeah. She's head of the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice. That's yeah. right. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you guys, but it's really starting to sound like Eddie here is making sense. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, oh, there goes Eddie with the puffed up chest again. We got him. Yeah, there he goes. We got him. <laughs> Look, it's, it's the truth. We better start accepting the truth. In fact, what is? We are living in a mo- like like George Orwell said, in a time of universal deceit. Telling the truth is a revolutionary act, and we need yeah. more revolutionaries. And a nation of well, people. Well, the problem we is, is we're getting them. You know? That's the problem, though. Yeah. We're getting more revolutionaries. The problem is, is they're white people, because the crimes that are being perpetrated are against white people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At yeah, least I the ones that are condoned are. They're all but yeah. condoned, and sometimes they're actually outright condoned. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, the way or rationalized. 
Well, we know we got a meeting coming up. Uh, what's that, Eddie? September 25th, right? You want to get just yes, say, talk about that real quick? Talk about that. We got to yeah, promote sure. it as much as possible. You know, go ahead. Right. I'll give you the floor. Uh, go ahead. In my opinion, this is going to be the largest uh, private pro-white event, uh, in my opinion, since Charlottesville. Uh, it's the uh, 2020 White Unity Conference, Longview, Texas, September 25th. If you're interested in attending and you're not a member of an organization, but, you know, you're just yourself, go to uh, nsm88.org, scroll down. You'll see it right there, plain as day, White Unity Conference. Click it. Follow the link that it gives you and contact the organizers because if you're not a member of something and you have not been vetted, you will not be allowed entry, period. Yeah, and that's good. That's good. I like that because, you know, you've got too many provocateurs out there, you know, that, sure. that, that, and then you've got, you got spies and you've got people yes. that will set people up. You know, and oh, yeah. that, and that, and that that can't happen. You don't want to turn it into another uh, uh, Charlottesville or something like that, or or or, or where it's uh, uh, where it's demonized. We don't. You know what? The media should be left out. If you, in my opinion, anyway, I think the media. Oh, should be they are. What, what? Okay, good. Yeah, that's that's good because they, they are. We've we've gotten uh, we've gotten the email inquiries. Commander Burt has um, asking for details. And uh, Commander Burt's uh, response was actually, in my opinion, <laughs> nice. Uh, he told him, you know, it, given his, uh, you know, experience, they've been dishonest. And uh, in accordance with the organizer's wishes, we have no comment, which is basically our polite way of saying fuck off. <laughs> uh, have you guys seen the report in the Gateway Pundit that says that, uh, that is reporting that federal prosecutors are refusing to hand over text messages, laptops from FBI informants in the Whitmer kidnapping case? Sure. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's part of a, a, a discovery to get information about what the FBI was up to with regards to this plot to kidnap Gretchen uh, Witchler. And, Sarge, uh, we, we all know uh, they don't want to hand over any information. We all know that the FBI, for fuck's sake, was in on January sixth. Hell, the FBI agents that were undercover in the crowd have been identified. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Well, listen, that, that 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 Michigan thing. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. You guys weren't on this podcast, but Barry Croft mm -hmm. uh, actually came on this podcast. Oh Lord, uh, dozens of times, uh, uh, and uh, he was one of the guys that they arrested actually. And uh, I remember him, uh, uh, you know, coming on here. And he never, there's no way Barry would have done something like that. There's no way. I mean, the guy was a, 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 a gentle as a mouse. You know, he had a he had a big mouth, but he was he would never ever ever kidnap a woman. I can tell you that right now. But he just Joe, wouldn't do it. I will say this though, in regards uh, uh, to that hey, though. Joe. There are six on, on, defendants in the case and 12 FBI informants. I know, I know. Go ahead, uh, Eddie. You want to? You, you cut Eddie off there, Sarge, real quick. But uh, go ahead, Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> oh no, he's fine. I, I was going to say, um, what's ironic with that is, is I, I first off, I want to be, I want to make my position here clear. I do not condone that by no way, shape, or form. Nor I do not condone yeah. that. I understand it. Uh, but I don't condone it. Gretchen Whitmire, uh, what they were trying is they were trying to take her, or you know the the correct term, abduct her, put together a kangaroo court, and find her guilty of a high treason 
and uh, tyrannical overreach. And, and I don't think that they would have been wrong. I don't think that they would have been wrong. Well, well, no. well, lawfully – well, hang on, Eddie. Well, lawfully, actually, no. Yeah, they would be – you have to have a – well, actually, well, hang on a second. Let me refer – actually, i got to bring Sarge in on this. Sarge, don't, wouldn't you need a constitutional amendment to, uh, to put together another type of uh, common law court or something? Oh, we got sure. a grand jury system. For most of this country's history, grand jury was convened at very local levels. The only oh, requirement okay. was that most right. of every state, every state issuance of a grand jury indictment, it had to be supervised by some judicial official. But citizens right. regularly convened grand juries and indicted, tried, prosecuted, and convicted people and sent them to jail. Right. We well, now, now my thing system, is, uh, Joe. It already exists my, just about every state in the union. But my yeah, thing with that is, is I, now if this was what they were going to do, because I'm just saying, hypothetically, this is what I would have done. I would have abducted her. I would have took her to a secured facility. Now, again, this is all theoretical. Not saying yeah, I yeah, would, not saying I can do it. Right. Now, what I would have done is I would have abducted her. I would have took her to a secured facility. I would have converged a jury. We would have read off her list of charges. We would have recorded it. And then we would have found her guilty of treason, of uh, selling out the American people for financial and campaign benefits. And then we would have executed her and then leaked it via a third-party server to the Internet to serve as an example to elected officials that if you continuously sell out and betray your constituents and betray the office in which you were sworn to uphold, this yep. is what can happen. Now, yep. I think and that's now, what that, the now, We don't condone this now. Just for everybody that right. listens, that's I am not that's condoning this. Please. Right. is illegal to do. That's right. Yeah. I'm saying theoretically, this is all theory. This isn't saying, hey, this is what I myself am going to do. <laughs> no, no, no. You're saying that basically that's what they theoretically were probably trying to do. Is that you're sure. saying that the uh, okay, okay, sure. Because don't gotta be careful with words here. We're not saying right. at all we would do this. All right, for anybody that's listening, that's trying to set us up or whatever. We would never right. ever do this. Okay. Just because look at the <laughs> uh, the shock and awe yeah. factor of that. Look at the shock and yeah. awe factor of that. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, we need to stress the fact that there is a legal citizen's grand jury process in almost every state in the union. It already right. exists. I wish more people would take advantage of it and do it. That's is right. there, Sarge? Because we, cause I looked into that, and when the Republic was putting together the jour grand juries, the, the FBI came around and said, no, you cannot do that. Now, so you the cannot FBI didn't do make that. the law? The FBI didn't no, make the I law? Know, I know, I know. Well, they were I mean, referencing you know, like, the you know, Look at bounty hunters. What about bounty hunters are among one of the earliest Supreme Court decisions held that if you work for a bond agent, you know, you're not a private citizen now. You work for a bond agent. You can go anywhere in the United States to enforce that bail violation. Not in North Carolina. Not in North Carolina, Sarge. Everywhere in the United States. No, now, not in North Carolina. You can police officers and tell you, no, they don't. you got to be a police officer to do it. Hell, I've dealt with bounty hunters who asked for my assistance, and I gave it to them. Yes, but, uh, Sarge, not in North Carolina. If you go to North Carolina, uh, uh, the laws for North Carolina, North Carolina does not recognize bounty hunters. It's against the law to be a bounty hunter here. 
I'm sorry, you can look it up. It's true. I mean, you could yourself as one, but one from another state who's got nope, a legitimate um, uh, bail violation complaint. No, no, you can't come down and not recognize it because that's what the Supreme Court said. Well, I'm telling you right now, it's a North Carolina general statute because I looked into becoming a bounty hunter in North Carolina, and it was no. Now, and it, and they I said no. You may not be able to establish yourself as one within that. You, they're state. not allowed in here. Trust me, they're not. <laughs> if you well, walk I'm into a jail as a bounty hunter, Supreme Court is supreme law of the land, and, I, and probably no, if it well, comes I'm just up, letting you know what North Carolina law is. <laughs> as an issue, it would have to go back to the Supreme Court for reconciliation. Well, yeah, I, I guess I don't know. That's a t- I'm gonna look more into that, Sarge. Now that you and I got a disagreement yeah, here, look so uh, I'm sure the Supreme Court ruled on it, man. It, it applies all right, to all, all right. the union. Me and Sarge are going head to head on this one. Yeah, I'm just telling you, man. I, I mean, they, they they were clear in their ruling. You know, what I mean, like you get a lot of cops who would say, "Oh, you can't. We don't recognize bounty hunters here." Hey, Supreme Court's already said if you got a legitimate bail complaint. You're working for a bondsman. This is the person that is wanted on the bail violation. Then you can apprehend them, hold them in a local jail until you can get them back to face the bond violation. Oh, okay. Well, if you say so, Sarge, I mean, I'm going to look It ain't Sarge's decision. <laughs> uh, let me see. Uh, I don't know. Eddie, you know anything about that by any chance? I don't know. Anybody got anybody else here who wants to chip in here? Does anybody know about that? Uh, Bounty hunters in North Carolina. I know I looked it up about 15 years ago. And, and I uh, really don't know about the situation in North Carolina, so I can't really speak on it. But I yeah. know when the Supreme Court makes a ruling on something, it always applies in all 50 states. Now, well, it might well it's, it's, it's case law. It's case law. It's not the law. Only Congress can write the laws, Sarge. Only, can, the Supreme Court doesn't write the law. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, the, that, that you know? explains it then. Okay. The, that statute <laughs> hasn't been before the court to determine whether or not it's constitutional in accordance with their ruling. All right, this is what it says right here, Starks. Bounty hunting is not legal in North Carolina. Any person conducting bail bond business or who wishes to engage in fugitive recovery activities must hold a bail bond license issued by the North Carolina Department of Insurance. That's what it says. That's oh, what it says right there. okay. So, okay. So if, so if someone wanted around to conduct business in North Carolina from out of state, all they'd have to do would be to apply for a license in North Carolina, right? Yeah, and you'll never get it. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. right. yeah, that probably so have to go back If somebody chose to challenge yeah. it, yeah. they probably have to go back before the Supreme Court. Yeah. But anyway, just so everybody's clear, though, again, we're not advocating the kidnapping of anybody, anybody on this show. I want you to understand that now. Eddie was not either. Okay? So make sure that you're uh, – we're clear on that because I, you know, I've I'm already getting, I got already got about six messages on Facebook or whatever. I guess people that are listening. So no, I'm not advocating or condoning the kidnapping of any governor or any individual in the United States or anywhere in the world for that matter. So just uh, make that very, very clear. All right, this show does not support. I don't support, and I'm sure Eddie doesn't, and I'm sure Sarge doesn't either. So just make that very clear. Just to throw that uh, out there, Sarge. I, I, you know I believe I mean? in the grand jury system. I think the grand jury system should have been sufficient for it. But before you can go apprehend Governor Whitmer, you've got to get an indictment through the grand jury process. 
Yes, uh, lawful means, yes, lawfully. Yeah, yes, that's of course. No, nobody on their own can go do anything, you know. I mean, no, that's just... You can uh, do it on your own. You, know, you can't just, do it yeah. without... You know, we don't live in a country with vigilantes here. You know, we are a country oh, of laws. You not know, on that. Certainly not getting an elected <laughs> chief executive of a state, even if it wanted Florida Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah, yeah. As much as we don't support any of our policies, <laughs> you know, that's not the chief executive of the state of Michigan. You can't go hauling her off in, in, into a hearing willy-nilly. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. So hey, we're going to get ready to wrap up the podcast here. My phone lines are dead tonight, man. I, I think I even lost Eddie. Well, for some reason, Sarge, Saturday nights, I just can't get I can't get a good following on Saturday night. I don't know what to deal with. NFL preseason, man, NFL preseason. Yeah, That's what yeah. It is. I just can't get a good following. I mean, usually I'm up there with, you know, uh, you know, uh, maybe, what, good, what, 15, 20 callers on the board, you know. And, uh, I mean, the other night we had, whoa, we were loaded. Whew, man, uh that, what was it? What was that night when we had the governor on, uh, Jim, Jim Carpenter there? We were loaded. I'm talking about that. It was packed. I mean, uh, people were breaking up. The phone lines were breaking up. Where's Pianke tonight? Where did he go? Huh? What's he watching football? <laughs> I think he's going to be busy. I talked to him earlier today. And he's yeah, busy right now. Yeah. Well, hey, it was a good podcast tonight, though. Yeah, it was a good podcast tonight. So we did we did good. I mean, it's good having conversations with you, stars, and of course Eddie too. And uh, you know, but I guess some people need a break once in a while. You know, I, I do it myself. You know, you just uh, you need a break from the internet for a while, and it's healthy to get a break from the internet. You know, uh, do family stuff, right? You know, I mean, uh, what the heck? I don't know. But we're in serious perilous times here in America, so I don't know. I don't know, but maybe I'm ass talking there. I don't know. But uh, Sarge, closing thoughts tonight's podcast. Yeah, uh, like I said, uh, but you know what the problem with all of this is? That we got such a target-rich environment, it's hard to know what target to aim at first. There is so much that requires everybody's attention. It's like endless. I mean, we are under an endless assault on the rule of law and this very republic. And, man, like, like Thomas Jefferson said, eternal vigilance is the price of liberty, and we better start being as vigilant as it is possible to be or we're going to completely lose this thing. We ain't lost it already. You got that right. Hey, how about this, Sarge? We'll close out tonight since since everybody, we know where everybody, you know, any questions here about this show. We stand with the founding fathers of this country. We'll close out with John Adams. President recognizes Mr. Adams of Massachusetts. Objects of the most stupendous magnitude. Measures which will affect the lives of millions, born and unborn, are now before us. We must expect a great expense of blood to obtain them. But we must always remember that a free constitution of civil government cannot be purchased at too dear a rate as there is nothing on this side of Jerusalem of greater importance to mankind. My worthy colleague from Pennsylvania has spoken with great ingenuity and eloquence. He has given you a grim prognostication 
our national future, but where he foresees apocalypse. I see hope. I see a new nation ready to take its place in the world. Not an empire, but a republic. And a republic of laws, not men. Gentlemen, we are in the very midst of revolution. The most complete, unexpected, and remarkable of any in the history of the world. How few of the human race have ever had an opportunity of choosing a system of government for themselves and their children. I am not without apprehensions, gentlemen. But the end we have in sight is more than worth all the means. I believe, sirs, that the hour has come. My judgment approves this measure, and my whole heart is in it. All that I have, all that I am, and all that I hope in this life, I am now ready to stake upon it. While I live, let me have a country. A free 